The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. I'm Clay Link, alongside RotoWire.com's lead prospect writer, James Anderson. Good to be talking with you on this Wednesday. James, I learned a harsh lesson, one I've learned many times, but I had to relearn it last night. Don't count your chickens before they hatch. I think that's the same. Yeah, that is um, that is the same. I get that confused with you know coming home to roost. But don't count your chickens before they hatch, because I, was, I had mentally banked that Maeda win because we have Maeda in the main event. I had mentally banked it, and this happens in fantasy, but it really hurts when that win goes bye-bye. That was just brutal, man. I Yeah, it, it was awesome. You and I were texting throughout that start, and uh, yeah, I, I know I'm a Brewers fan, but I 100% root for my uh, high-stakes fantasy teams <laughs> over my, my real-life baseball team, and uh yeah, that was that was tough because it just sort of seemed to me like the only reason they left Maeda in was because he had the no-no going 
And I just, I can't believe we're still at a point in time where a team that I would say is pretty smart. I think the Twins are a pretty smart team. Like I, I just can't believe we're still at a point in time where a, a team that's smart would leave a pitcher with Maeda's long-standing durability concerns in well up over 110 pitches just to try to get a no-no. I mean, yeah, maybe he was at what like 109 when the inning started. I don't know, maybe 106, but I, I thought it was even more than that. Maybe, it was, maybe it was higher. Yeah, but pretty crazy. I thought he might have been at like 112, but um, you know, <laughs> it's not like it was a perfect game. This was a this was a no hitter. Like, who cares? I know MLB Network would care, and like Chris Russo would care, and stuff like that. But do we really care about no hitters at at this point? Especially if you're the actual MLB team, and like that was going to go down as Maeda's you know, probably his best start of his career. I would have to imagine, even if they just pull him after eight there. And, uh, you know, of course he gives up a single right away. And um, Taylor Rogers, man, what a, <laughs> what a disaster he's been. I almost think they might pull the plug on him as a closer, maybe go with Romo or Duffy or May or somebody else. They've got a lot of talent in that bullpen. Yeah, they do. They've got good arms they can turn to for sure. Yeah. That was just really tough because we've – I guess we got lucky early in the day. We definitely got lucky earlier in the day when we got a Cal Quantrill save. I guess the fantasy gods had to – you know, you have to answer to them after you uh, vulture a Cal Quantrill save. So we had to answer to now, him. That's fine. Now, I am very – I feel very fortunate that we got that Cal Quantrill save, but I feel very unfortunate that – you know, the whole reason we started Quantrill this week is because he lined up to face the Rangers. Yeah. And and now he's pushed to face the Astros because the, the Padres rejiggered their rotation. And part of me, like, part of me almost wants to give back that save. Like, if, if I could give back that save and have it still be the Rangers instead of the Astros, I might do it. Um, but we've built up uh, quite a nice ratio base on the pitching side so and a pretty good uh, you know pretty good saves base so maybe we'll have right. to sit a closer eventually maybe more than one even we got we basically have what three and a half closers yeah um, whatever you want to say about i mean you could even say pomerantz like, i guess pomerantz and Kin, you know, kinsler i guess is the full-blown closer but um you know we, we've got uh, a couple pretty high-end closers in my opinion and in, in uh Jansen and, and Montero, but Pomerantz has just been an absolute stud for us, even when he's not getting saves. I mean, he's a big reason why we're doing so well in the, the ratios, and uh, it's tough. It's going to be tough to sit him, but yeah, the, the strikeout category and the win category are, you know, anything we get in those categories gives us a big old bump in the overall, so at, at some point we may have to start benching our closers. <laughs> Yeah, it's eleven fifty-two a.m. Central Time right now as we record this. We're currently twelfth in the overall, and you can bet your bottom dollar we'll keep you updated on how we're doing, <laughs> whether you want to hear about it or not. Uh, well, as long as it's hmm. uh, as long as we're sitting in the top uh, twenty yeah, or so, <laughs> we'll keep you updated. But if we fall if we fall past there, we'll stop. Yeah, we'll it. probably just pretend like it never happened. <clears throat> just ignore it. But yeah, this is fun, man. Just being in the hunt is a rush, and uh, I'm glad that we had a, you know that we teamed up, put our brains together, and drafted a pretty good team. I 
I do not have Fernando Tatis in many leagues. Yeah. Uh, I have him in two leagues, but I could not be happier that this is one of those leagues. It's, it's uh, been quite a treat. I saw he walked up to Crimea River yesterday, and then he stole third. On the, you know, up like six runs. That guy's just the man. Okay. I might have to get so, a Tatis jersey, actually. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if we if we win our main event league, I think we might have to both get Tatis. Oh, yeah. Uh, just our league, too. Stuff. Not even overall. Yeah, We're just yeah. going to have to get jerseys. Um, the thing that, honestly, the th- I saw a lot of people talking about what the two stupid managers were saying about that whole Tatis thing. Like, you know, whatever. They're, they're stupid managers. They're going to say stupid stuff. But the absolute nerve of Eric Hosmer to tell the Rangers guys, "Oh, we're going to talk to him. We'll talk, we'll talk to him." To then you can see you can see Hosmer like talking to Tatis. Like if I was Tatis, I would just want to slap him right in the face. Like, dude, you why don't you worry about hitting your own home runs instead of telling me what? To do? Yeah, that's. I saw somebody's like Eric Hosmer didn't know before this year that hitting a ground ball was bad, and now he's trying to act like a. <laughs> expert on the matter yeah i would be mad too it probably create a rift in the clubhouse quite frankly uh, um, yeah yeah i i would not uh would not care for that at all i mean that's just like that's, a yeah just siding with the other <laughs> siding with the enemies essentially kind of reminds me you know i was a little pissed off last year when freddie freeman uh threw acuna under the bus for not Legging out that home run that would have been an absolute no doubt home run if the balls were still juiced, but they dejuiced him for the playoffs, so he watched it and looked stupid. Like, you know, I don't, I wouldn't mind if Freeman talked to Acuna after that on the side, but uh, airing it in the media, I thought was ridiculous. But this is this is definitely worse than that. I mean, I, I'm sure that they they paid Hosmer in part because of his locker room clubhouse BS, and you know, here he is. Um, sort of alienating by far the best player on the team yeah we'll talk to him and i love that face tatis was making when he actually yeah <laughs> just completely like mean mugging oh i do love tatis and i don't think i think he's going to continue to be himself thankfully i think he made a pretty strong statement the next day about look this is a new era i'm gonna have some fun and i'm excited about that we'll uh we have to stay on top of it. League is uh, very tough. Matty Wood is definitely giving us a run, and in the overall, Matthew Davis. A lot of good players in that main event team. But, James, moving on to some prospect news, I just wanted to at least mention that Nate Pearson, uh, you know, about an hour or so before we started recording, placed on the IL, right elbow tightness. You hate to see that. Pitching prospects will break your heart. It's just kind of more the same as far as – you know, more of that same sad story, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, I I don't want this to be misconstrued as a victory lap, and I'm sure some people will still take it that way, but part of the reason why I'd been lower on Pearson this whole time uh, was just that he had every single thing you would look for when you're trying to predict which pitcher is going to need Tommy John surgery. I mean, he, he had the extreme high-end velocity at a young age uh you just you almost never see those guys not need tommy john surgery at some point and so i I hope that this is not that but for all the people that were up in arms about where i had pearson ranked all off season like this is part of the reason um it just kind of comes with the territory you can't rank a pitching prospect based on the best case outcome you just can't exactly it's 
it's so hard to do regularly to to pitch at the major league level, really at any level, just an unnatural, violent motion. And when you're throwing that hard, it's a lot of wear and tear on your elbow. So wish Nate Pearson the best of luck. I'd probably say, you know, I'd probably look at him as a drop in leagues that I have him in. don't think that's going out on a big limb, but hope to see him back next year. Um, James, your latest article in the hopper right now, uh, you're, Probably live by the time most people read this, not live as we're recording, but you did preview Casey Mize. He's set to debut, when is that game tonight? Uh, 8, 10 Eastern. So, you know, it's cool to see. I, I, they also brought up, what, Tariq Skubal and was it Isaac Paredes? I forget mm-hmm. who it was. But um, exciting to see them actually inject some youth into this rotation. We expected, you know, probably to see a few of these guys. Still waiting on, like, Mackenzie Gore and a few others to come up. But it's cool to see a new wave of talent in Major League Baseball. What are your thoughts on Mize and how he'll get acclimated at the big league level? So he is a prospect who I think uh, his short-term value, or at least perceived value, is going to potentially be benefited almost more than any uh, big league prospect this year because of the shortened season. Uh, I wrote in my outlook on him uh, this past winter for the magazine basically that anything he does over the first few months of the season, like we, we expect dominance there. He's done that each of the last two seasons. He's been absolutely dominant over the first three months or so, and then he's worn down in the second half and uh, has not, you know, the, there's been some minor arm issues. There's been just kind of fatigue arm fatigue uh the stuff hasn't been as crisp in the second half so the big test for him was just going to be how he looked over the final few months of the season well in a shortened season where he's not going to get a chance to pass that test he's going to be fresh he's going to be the best version of casey mize i would imagine and so I look at this as an opportunity to profit in the short term and then possibly sell high on him this, this off season. Like I, I could see him really having a strong stretch over the rest of the season. And I could see people uh, getting a little carried away with where they rank him for redraft leagues in 2021. And I think that if I had him in a dynasty league, I would be hoping, I, I mean, I might even try to cash him out now just because, uh, before prospect debuts is always one of the best times to trade them. But uh, I could also see just kind of hoping that he pitches really well over the rest of the season, and then you could trade him for a pretty massive haul this offseason. So I, I think there's a decent chance that he shows well here in uh, his first season in the majors. Nice. Well, hopefully my Reds are returning to action, so I probably will not be watching Mize's debut, but I wish him the best and hope to see some – some positives and not, you know, hope it goes a little better than his teammate, Tariq Skubal. We'll talk about Skubal in a second, but first, uh, a word from our friends over at Stat Hero. Has this ever happened to you? You nail a perfect daily fantasy lineup, but when you check the rankings, it's the same old sharks in the top spot. You're constantly playing the fantasy lottery with nothing to show for it. Well, now you can play something better Stat Hero. Stat Hero provides daily fantasy survivor pools with smaller entries and easier chances to win, no more sharks, and no more competing with the masses. You compete against Stat Hero. That's it. If you beat Stat Hero, you get paid. It's that easy, and players are loving it. Here's why. Imagine playing a survivor pool that pays out 
every time you advance. You beat Stat Hero, you survive to the next round, you get paid. That's it. And contests keep going until there's only one remaining. The more people eliminated each round, the more money there is for you to win. Keep beating Stat Hero, keep getting paid. Download Stat Hero today on iOS or Android or Android or play the new desktop on StatHero.com and see why the face of Daily Fantasy has changed. James mentioned Scooble. What did you think about him? I know some people expected that, you know, with this fastball, he could have some success initially, but he ran into a pretty righty-heavy lineup yesterday. Yeah, that's that's uh, the thing that I think you got to keep in mind with that start. And, look, he could have struggled against any lineup. I mean, it shouldn't be – we should not be reacting – like, if you can buy low on, like, Spencer Howard in a dynasty league, you should do it immediately. Like, we should not be worrying about what a young pitching prospect does at his first, like, four, six, eight, twelve innings in the majors. Uh, they're just, you know, you kind of almost expect struggles unless it's just a Steven Strasburg-level pitching prospect. Like, you kind of ex- expect them to have some ups and downs early on. So... Uh, it could have been any lineup, but especially that lineup where pretty much every good hitter in the White Sox lineup bats right-handed. Uh, a lot of what Scooble does with his deceptiveness from the left side, uh, it's just it's kind of mitigated if he's if he doesn't get to face some lefties in there. So uh, that was uh, they kind of threw him to the wolves with that one. Uh, still would have expected more than just the one strikeout because uh, strikeouts are pretty much what he brings to the table you, you worry a little bit about the ratios but you would you'd think strikeouts would be a part of the package with him uh, so that's that's a little concerning but it was a it was a tough matchup for him um just you know i, I know he's kind of a, a trendy name less so probably after that debut but until we kind of see him prove that he can go five innings and i know he was on like a 50 pitch count in that that debut so that wasn't going to happen either way but until we sort of see him show that he can go five plus innings uh i think that the the uh inconsistency on a start to start basis makes him a pretty tough guy to roster right now in redraft leagues yeah even seeing like howard as you mentioned kind of have some issues it is just so hard to enjoy immediate success on the pitching side in today's game, with you know the home run ball flying out still at a high rate, uh, it's it's very hard to do. I I look at Scooble. I'm probably not going to be all that interested. But a guy like Howard, you know, I, what's I guess he's dealing with a blister, but he's been struggling so far. Yeah, four homers and in eight innings for Howard. Kind of on the fence about rostering him in a few few uh, shallower leagues. James, what about Alec Bohm? Not somebody that I expected to be up as soon as he was, but I think it does kind of make some sense with the Phillies where they're at. And, you know, uh, Scott Kingery was struggling. He's still playing a decent amount, but moving around. And they got Bohm at third. So I know, you know, when he was initially drafted, you weren't as high on him, but you've kind of come around on Bohm, right? Uh, I mean, I've come around relative to where I was. Uh, pre-draft, yeah. I, I still, I still would imagine I'm probably lower on him than, than a lot of uh, places. Uh, I kind of think his game power gets oversold. Like he, you know, he did most of his power damage last year at Reading, 
And I just, I, I don't know if he's a guy that's going to, like the approach thus far against big league pitching has been excellent. He's been uh, a really good hitter. He's uh, using all fields, uh, walking a ton, uh, not striking out. So that's, that's all awesome. I mean, he's, he's definitely a, a talented big league hitter at this point, um, even, even as a rookie, but I don't know how much power comes with that without an approach change. Like I think right now he's, he's hit and OBP over power. And that's kind of part of the the package. I mean, I, I don't think he's selling out for power, which is, which is fine. You want to let the power come. Um, but I think with this current approach, he's more of like a, a 25 Homer guy, uh, which is, still fine um and he might he might just have a better hit tool than i gave him credit for so i mean if it's if it ends up being like a borderline plus plus hit tool then you don't really care i mean then then you could just kind of take like justin turner type of production and, you, and you'll be fine with it um but i you know i mean he's he's long gone and in, in most leagues so if you got him uh i think you're starting him uh for the foreseeable future uh, but yeah, impressive, impressive start to his big league career. Yeah, you have him ranked 39th, Alec Boehm, on your top 400. I think that reflects all of what you just said. It, good player, really intriguing prospect, but not not among that elite group of prospects. Not somebody who's you know going to come in and do like an Acuna. Obviously, not with the speed, but just not somebody who you see as like a top echelon type of prospect. I uh, don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think that ranking reflects that, and you you just said it yourself. Uh, Christian Pache got a, got the call for the Braves yesterday. It didn't start initially, but I think we see him quite a bit, mostly due to his defense. Do you expect him to hit and be a fantasy asset right off the bat? Um, not really. I think that you uh, have to look at the reason why he's up, and it's it seems to me like kind of a short-term fix. Uh, for them with um, you know who knows how long Acuna is going to be out but if Acuna can get back relatively quickly and if Nick Marcakis can get cleared from the the COVID-19 IL relatively quickly which I I think both those things could definitely happen then all of a sudden uh, there's not really anywhere for him to play so I think in the short term, we will see him. I mean, like, I would rather start him against righties than Adam Duvall. So, I mean, like, I I think he he will play a decent amount here in the short term. But I just, I I don't see him as a guy that's elite in any one fantasy category. And he might actually be below average in every fantasy category uh, as a rookie. Like I, I don't see him hitting for a super high average. I don't see him hitting for a ton of power. I don't see him stealing uh, enough bases to really move the needle there. So he's just kind of a filler guy for right now for me, and I think it might be a, a short-lasting run for him as a, a prominent player for the Braves this year. Yeah, I grabbed Pache actually in one NL-only league where I lost Tommy Pham just first-come, first-served league. I thought, heck, let's see what happens, but hit probably going to be a fluid spot where I'm rotating. Um, but want to see that defense, so that'll be you, – you slap an 80 on that defense and, and center. Yeah, so that should be fun to that's watch. A blast. 
Like, yeah. I, I like watching defense as much as I like watching offense. Yeah, really. me too. Like, so, I mean, like, that, is this that, guy like a Ramon Laureano, like Andrew Jones type? Uh, probably closer to Andrew Jones. Like, I mean, Pash has a, he's got a great arm, but I wouldn't. It's Pash. Okay. Sorry. I, or, um, I wouldn't really compare it to Laureano from just an arm standpoint, but I mean, he's a better pure glove out there than. Than Laureano probably. I mean, he he could definitely like I think it's kind of it's it's like Buxton's defense, but with uh, with a, a plus arm. Wow, that's that's pretty nice. That should be fun to watch at least while he's up. I was hoping the Padres might give Mackenzie Gore the call. They, they ended up giving Adrian Morahone the start, and he only went three innings, but was really impressive and even caught some of that you know, pitching ninja love. On Twitter, what was that, like a split finger he was throwing? Some craziness. A lot of crazy grip and wild spin on it. Uh, again, only three innings. Uh, he was on the taxi squad, Marjone, 21 years old, uh, lefty. And I don't know, in this kind of role, obviously, his fantasy value is pretty capped. But I did see some some glimpses and some, uh, you know, could look like a pretty good starter down the road. What do you think? Well, I I still think he's in that kind of Jonathan Loisiga, Freddie Peralta sort of bin of guys that I just I don't buy that they can do it over a full starter's workload. Like mm-hmm. Morion, it's it's been a durability issue with him. It's not about well, I mean he doesn't have plus command, but I mean he's if he could hold up over a starter's workload, I think he's got enough a uh, good enough command to start, but. Um, he just, we just haven't seen him prove that he can go even a hundred innings in a season without breaking down. So I think the Padres know that. I think that they know the best way to extract value from him is in the exact role we saw him debut in. And so, you know, that's, that's going to offer value. Uh, Ideally he would be the second guy in, not the first guy in, so he could qualify for the win. And until we see him deployed like that, i probably not adding him i mean in any type of league where just having like a capable reliever is going to get k's and help your ratios like in those types of leagues then he probably should already be added but if you're chasing wins um i think it's going to be tough to get a ton of those from him as long as he remains in this current role very interesting yeah i I did see some flashes, but yeah, again, only three innings, and it was like my first time seeing him. So, um, yeah, the long-term durability over a full season, very much questionable with uh, Morahone. Now, talked about Mize. Opposite him tonight, Dane Dunning, first-round pick back in 2016. So that'll be cool to see a couple youngsters going at it. Now, Dunning did not pitch at any level last year, correct? Yeah, he was still coming back from Tommy John surgery. Um, so this is his first live competition since 2018, like an actual game setting yeah. official. Yep. Yeah, so he's a guy that uh, I don't I don't think I have him ranked on the top 400 right now, but he he should be. He'll be unless he just looks ridiculously bad against the Astros or against the the Tigers, which would be hard to do. Uh, he'll be he'll be on there. Um, He's kind of in that like Chris Bubich type of zone of like a young guy that if, if it's a good matchup, I'd start him. I mean, 
I could see a case for starting him against the Tigers today because he's, I mean, he's anyone and they're the Tigers. Uh, so um, that's, 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 that's the type of spot. that's that's the type of spot you want to deploy him i don't think you want to even if like and so here's where the danger could creep in you know he could he could look really good today against the tigers like he could he could go like six innings with seven k's and get the win and then you have people bidding on him and looking at well his era was under three at double a like you could see people talking themselves into him and fab but unless he gets to face the Tigers every time out, there's definitely going to be some bumps along the way. So I would just, I'd be careful about it, it. You know, if he's just kind of mediocre in this start, I wouldn't read too much into that. If he's really good in this start, I wouldn't read too much into that either. Uh, so just be careful with, with not getting sucked in on Dunning. If he looks good against this Tigers. Team. Yeah. Hopefully he pitches well aside from, you know, against Jacoby. Hopefully Jacoby. Well, I'd love for out. Jacoby to, mm. to, Touch him up a couple times. <laughs> I was pumped when he moved to top of the order. Then I saw like 0 for 4 3 Ks. I was like, oh, it's not going to last long for Jacoby, but he has still been a pretty big asset. Uh, real quick before we move on to potential stashes in your latest article, a word from our friends at Owner's Box. Do you love the strategy of season-long fantasy sports? Live for the short-term gratification of DFS? Then be the first to try weekly fantasy sports, WFS. Owner's Box is here to change the game starting August 31st, not August 31st, sorry, July 31st. The first 10,000 users who sign up for the beta will receive exclusive access to their new weekly fantasy sports platform. Weekly fantasy sports keeps players engaged through live drafting, social interaction, and a new layer of strategy that puts the power back in your hands. No more submitting a lineup and forgetting about it. Users will be engaged throughout the entirety of the contest. Compete with your opponents over a seven-day period of fierce competition and get paid out weekly. The Owner's Box game provides users with a fun and engaging rule set that revolves around a set number of game opportunities by roster position. Your players earn you points throughout the week, but only if you have enough games available at that position. In addition, the Owner's Box platform will curate a community amongst their users and allow them to engage socially in multiple different ways. Add friends, create groups, and rank up to elevate the trash talk and competition to the next level. Go to ownersbox.com slash rotowire and sign up for their exclusive beta right now. Each user who, sign ups, who, who signs up will receive 100 owner's bucks free that can be used to enter contests risk-free. So, James, some more main event talk because people are just clamoring for it. But a couple weeks ago, we made a pretty aggressive play to get Gavin Lux over $200 was our uh, bid. We did not get him. It seems like we may have been saved from ourselves because he just has not arrived like we thought he probably would for the Dodgers. Yeah, the um, that saying, you know, sometimes the best bids are the ones where you're the runner-up. Um, that that probably, yeah, that, that probably is true for us on that one. Um you know, I the it's pretty. It's just it's easy to see kind of why he's not up to me. Uh, Chris Taylor has just been really good, and there's no reason to take Chris Taylor out of the lineup. He's been about as good as you would expect Gavin Lux to be, and if not better, given that Taylor's a veteran and Lux is a rookie. So 
there's just not anywhere to really play Lux. I mean, there, there's places to give like Kike Hernandez and Matt Beatty like the, the odd start here and there. But that's the type of role that Lux would be in if he was up because you can't start Lux over Chris Taylor right now. Uh, I mean, you can't. You're going to start Lux over Cody Bellinger because Cody Bellinger's been the worst hitter of the Dodgers regulars. So, um, really? I didn't realize how bad he'd been. Oh, yeah. I, you uh, know I don't have any. Well, hey, look, that was a, a great call by you. Um, <laughs> I honestly didn't mean to go down that path, but hey. I wasn't hey. on him. I wasn't on him. But <laughs> hey, why did he change on. his swing? That made no sense. <laughs> like after you hit three hundred, I don't know. That's just weird. Yeah, minus point three f four. That's surprising. That was a, that's a good call by you, then. Uh, <laughs> I saw. I saw. I saw our buddy Justin Mason having to apologize for a anti Mookie Betts call, um, which I. That one I wouldn't have understood. I didn't really understand your anti Cody Bellinger call, but I, I mean, hell, I that was a, a, first a good rounder. call. Sure. I hate victory lap Twitter, and I'm just kidding, but I also take an occasional lap. Um, Look, that's a that's a solid <laughs> lap. I mean, when it when a, when a guy that it's was going games. fifth overall is mm-hmm. hitting under two hundred, I mean that's look, yeah, that's it's not like my good. Jose Ramirez from a few years ago. It'll look um, bad over a lo- large enough sample, but yeah, yeah, you got to get that lap in quick before you. <laughs> yeah. Victory lap Twitter is just the most amazing thing. I see people too taking like reverse laps or like half laps. Like, oh, I got this part wrong, but hey, I got this part right. It's pretty amazing. Well, the one of my favorites is the. The year too early lap, like oh, yeah. the, the like I see a lot of those. I basically was right, but I don't have any. I don't have any shares of this guy or anything. But I mean, I basically saw this coming, uh, even though I I can't capitalize on it. <laughs> it. May look wrong now, but I was right technically. Um, James Mackenzie Gore again. I think this is like the third time I've mentioned it. But do you expect to see him up? Like Quantrill in the bullpen for that appearance made me think maybe they just stick. Quantrill back in the bullpen and bring him up, but we have no reason to think that that's on the on the horizon, do we? I just I think they're like my my spidey senses are up a little bit here with Gore. I just it's a little weird to me that he's been passed over. Um, you know, yeah, I'm, I haven't I'm heard not any saying, reports on him from like all, alternative. Alternate camp yeah. either. I'm, I'm not saying like he, anything has changed about his long. I mean, I've, I've been lower on Gore than everyone, but that's partly just because he's a pitching prospect. And I think people are ridiculous if they're ranking pitching prospects in the top five for fantasy. Um, but, you know, he got passed over for Luis Patino, which is, you know, you, you could say, well, Patino profiles as a guy. Maybe you want to break him in in relief. Uh, Gord, you want to break in in the rotation? Um, you know, I, I could kind of see that, but you know, you, you demote Joey Lucchese and you're given these, you're given like Adrian Morion a three inning start, and you're maybe moving Cal Quantrill to the rotation. I'm not saying those guys aren't deserving of opportunities, and and they're both on the forty man roster. Gore's not, but. You can't tell me that if Mackenzie Gore was just shoving and looking like the best pitching prospect on the planet at Padres camp, he wouldn't be up by now. I just I think there's something something's amiss here. Like either he's dealing with something that we don't know about, or maybe just 
you know, part of the reason why I had him lower is he's a pitching prospect. Like pitching prospects often struggle right away. Like maybe he's dealing with shaky command. Like maybe, you know, who knows what's going on. But I, I just think if, if Mackenzie Gore was going to have the type of year that the people highest on him thought he was going to have, we would already have, have seen him up and in the rotation. And, you know, we, we heard uh, Al Avila talk about why Matt Manning's not up, uh, why he got passed over and, and Scooble got the call with Mize. Uh, but we haven't heard anything like that really from the Padres with regards to specifics of why Gore has not been up. So I, I just, it's something to, something to keep an eye on. Yeah, it does seem a little fishy. I've been, I'm with you, like when you're, kind of going bullpen games and you have Quantrill lined up for Friday. It does seem like there would be a logical spot for him, one of the top pitching prospects in the game, but just kind of conspicuous by the and, silence. I don't know. And this isn't a team that's ever shy about about yeah. pushing guys, right? That's like, true. I mean, this is a team that, that loves pushing guys. Um, if, if they thought Mackenzie Gore was ready to go out there and dominate or – not even dominate, but just be one of their four, three or four best starters. I just, I find it hard to believe he wouldn't already be up. Last week we talked about Clark Schmidt. You wrote a note for the site that said basically he was, you know, pitching, he was pl- slated to go five at the alternate site. Jay Happ, though, he, uh, you know, maybe regained some footing in the rotation with his best start of the season his last time out. But do you still expect to see the Yankees promote Schmidt in the next week or two um unfortunately i think that hap start bought him at least another start and maybe a couple more starts Mm -hmm. Uh, so i really think with schmidt and the yankees don't not only do the yankees have some half days coming up but they don't have any double double headers coming up um so it it kind of looks like schmidt needs an injury to one of those guys now wouldn't be shocking at all to see james paxton or masahiro tanaka or even like jordan montgomery uh come down with some sort of injury so that's definitely a possibility but i, I feel like we're kind of like if you want to see schmidt in the next 10 to 14 days i think it probably takes an injury to, to one of the guys ahead of him and um they and it would have to be a guy where he could line up to replace that guy too so um you know, I, I think, I think Matt Manning. Um, I'll leave Gore in his own kind of category because it's just, you know, we don't really know. Like it, it's weird that he's not up. Um, but I think Manning, Schmidt, and Sixto Sanchez are all they're they're kind of the three guys where I think you can justify stashing them in a redraft league. Um, obviously if it's a league with just deep benches or keepers and stuff like that, they're, they're probably already rostered, but I'm just talking kind of, you know, your standard seven man bench, uh, 15 team league. I think you can justify stashing Schmidt Manning and Sixto Sanchez right now. And I think that they, like, if I had to guess, I'd say they all debut kind of late August, early September, uh, but there's no guarantees with any of those three. And I think, you know, it'd be easier for the Tigers to find a spot for Manning and it'd be easier for the Marlins to find a spot for Sanchez than it, than it currently looks like it would be for the Yankees to find a spot for Schmidt. 
Tell you what the Yankees should do, James, is trade for Mike Clevenger, mainly so we can get him back in our <laughs> fantasy lineups. Uh, that's a weird situation. Could you imagine Clevenger on that team, though, clean cut and all? That'd be weird. Uh, yeah, he's not. he doesn't strike me as a Yankee. I mean, <laughs> like, a fitting punishment for him. Talk about like a, a fake hippie. Like he he's always oh, got yeah. that sort of that Twitter persona of just like oh, sunshine, Clevenger. You know, like Eddie he Vetter, looks like yeah, like he, he looks like the type of guy that's like done LSD or something like that. Um, but then on the I mean, mound. Talk, talk about just the most like selfish thing you could yeah. do. Um, I mean, he's. It's really disappointing to see. It's it's really well. That's I was texting you last night about this. Uh, Don't want to. I mean, I do. I do want to talk about our main team again. So I'm going to do it. Um, Like the fact that our ratios are like we have a a team whip under one and like a team ERA around three. And Mike Clevenger was our first pick of the draft. Yeah, gotten anything? (laughs) Yeah, what like two starts and three, and they weren't even that good. Yeah, he was finally of, starting to get his mechanics back. I know he was kind of compensating for his knee, his plant leg, and so he wasn't that great early on. But he seemed to be getting it together now. I don't know. There was some talk even that they could, you know, manipulate. Well, not necessarily manipulate, but if they keep him down long enough, there could be like a big grievance headed down the road. It seemed like this. There's a breakup coming, some one way or another. Yeah, I mean, I, I. Just my my gut tells me we see him making a start for them within the next week. Uh, by the next by the next time you and I talk, I, I feel like he'll have either made a start or will be on the books to make a, a scheduled start. Um, just you know, any anything the Indians wanted to get done this year that that involves winning winning a World Series, like they need Clevenger to do that. And um, they don't necessarily need Plesak. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know if uh, the punishments have to be the exact same here or not, but um, I just I, I think Clevenger's too good of a guy for a, a pro sports team to give this type of punishment to. You know, because if we're if we're talking multiple weeks worth of a punishment, like if you. Extra, like extrapolate that to 162 games. That's like a multi. That's like a six week type of punishment for that. I mean, I I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it, but I just it would be kind of an unprecedented move for a pro sports team to discipline a guy that good for that long. It literally cost him millions if they kept him down long enough. That could be just real ugly, you know. And I mean, if it gets to that, we'll see. I do think Plesak probably deserves a longer. Uh, just you know, punishment, especially just for, for that, that video. Just yeah. for that video, I, the video is like, that and I, I still haven't, I, I still haven't listened to it with the sound on. But I mean, you couldn't look like a bigger <laughs> clown than he looks like in that yeah, video. You can get the sense just watching it on mute. Uh, you can, it's exactly as you'd expect, just really dumb. Uh, by the way, I, I forget if it was like Morosi or which national reporter it was who was speculating that maybe they'd trade Clevenger for like a power hitting outfielder. It's like aren't the aren't power hitting outfielders like a dime a dozen? Like Puig's still out there as a free agent. Wouldn't they need something better than a power uh, who, hitting like, outfielder? Who, who's the best? Like who's the best power hitting out? Like could they they trade for like Joey Gallo? Like like what? Why would you trade? Why would you trade an ace for any outfielder? Yeah, it's like uh, well, 
the the Indians have like a 640 team OPS, so they need a power hitting outfielder. It's like, well, they need a guy who does more than that. But uh, yeah, it's we'll see. It's a weird situation there, but I do. I don't expect to see Clevenger down for like 20 days or whatever that, that was speculated that could lead to those service time issues. But we're still hey, waiting, still waiting on news I, for, in that regard. I have a live live update for you on oh, yeah. our. On our main event team. Ooh, um, nice. Let's hear it. Well, uh, I can tell you that Randall Gritchick hit another homer. Wow. The heater, the heater continues. Guy's red hot. Yeah. I love uh, it. Facing the O's, man. He gets the O's uh, in Baltimore, and then he gets a game in Buffalo. I mean, this is, this is lining up to be real nice. Yeah, that's great. I love getting contributions from those guys, end game types and – Gritchick's power is very real. Hopefully he keeps this heater up for a while. James, before we wrap things up on the show today, I'm wondering, are there any prospects you expect to see but not expect, you know, don't necessarily clear the mixed league threshold? Anybody who's maybe arriving soon but not necessarily fantasy relevant? Yeah, so I think I think Taylor Trammell comes up um, pretty soon. Uh, just given the Tammy, uh, the Tommy Fam injury, Tammy Fam, but uh, Tammy Fam, I like that, pretty solid. Um, but I, I just, I'm not sold on everyday playing time being there for him when he comes up. So I think he's he's kind of a guy where keep an eye on it if he comes up and you need some steals in a deeper league, add him. Um, Ryan Mountcastle. Uh, I feel bad for Orioles fans because I did a Twitter search of Ryan Mountcastle and it's just a bunch of Orioles fans begging for, for Mountcastle to get the call. And it's just like, he's not the savior guys. Like he, Ryan Mountcastle coming up, is he going to turn things around? And, and the O's I think are above 500 right now. So um, they don't even need Mountcastle, but he'll, he'll be up uh, pretty soon, but just not a guy that moves the needle enough for me to, to be stashing. I think you wait till he comes up. Uh, Ian Anderson, Tucker Davidson, one of those guys, if not both, probably get into that rotation sooner than later. But uh, they're both kind of shaky command guys, so I wouldn't feel great about starting either of them against anyone. Uh, and then Shane McClanahan, I think you know the the Rays pitching depth is really getting tested. Brendan McKay done for the year uh, with a shoulder injury. I mean, he's yeah, he's going to fall outside the top on the on the next update. Uh, so I think. You could see Shane McClanahan up um, fairly soon, but I think he would be used in that type of Adrian Morion role we were talking about where it's kind of two to three innings. He racks up the Ks, but you kind of have to get lucky to get a win out of it. Nice. Yeah, Ryan Mountcastle is probably not the answer, but I will say a guy who looks like maybe a piece of that future is Anthony Santander. What a what a run he's been on. I think he's like third in OPS or in WRC Plus right now. Just yeah, I love, love Santander. Uh, I wish we could have got him and Gritchick. Uh, that'd be a great <laughs> late inning or late draft pairing. I have a lot of dynasty shares of Santander, but not uh, not as many reject shares as I should have. Uh, a guy that I was really stoked to add for zero bucks in our stake league, though, is uh, Pedro Severino. Oh, who's, what a heater uh, he's on, too. Yeah, it's a one catcher league too. Twelve team, one catcher, and he, I think he clears that bar at this point pretty yeah. easily. Um, how are you doing? You're like third in that league, right? Third or second? 
Um, second, I think. Second, I want to say. I mean, Mine's the cream's rising to the top. I see, I see you making <laughs> your moves. I see you making your moves. Well, um, oh, no. I'm third now. Oh, what the hell happened? Um, but I'm kind of bummed that there isn't a stake bet on the line. Uh, but, you know, I'll take take some cash, too, if that's, yeah, that's what it comes to. A little side pot. At least I just... The the steak dinner had to get put on hold this year, unfortunately. I do. Um, you know, I lost Bo in that league, which hurts. But I'm happy to get Carlson. You you don't expect this funk to be anything that you know sends Carlson to the bench or worse. Like you, you think this is just a blip for him? Well, you know, if he if this blip lasts two more weeks, then you know yeah. it could start. Kind of knew his playing time. Offense is just terrible, but yeah, an extended. I don't, I don't really, I don't really see anything glaring that has me concerned. In fact, I think he's probably one of the best buy low guys out there in dynasty leagues right now. Uh, you know, Saris had texted me a great stat on him that he's seeing only thirty-two percent fastball so yeah. far, which is a ton of respect for uh, a rookie hitter. Um, so I would just. Keep that in mind. He's, you know, he's going to have to make adjustments, and you know, if they're they're finding something to exploit there with, with just giving him off speed stuff, I have faith in him being able to make those adjustments. But that's to me, that's a good sign that the opposing pitchers are just not willing to throw him a fastball right now. Yeah, that's really interesting. I didn't know that he has barreled up a couple, uh, sixteen batted balls, two barrels. Um, 31.3 sweet spot percentage. Ex-Woba on contact, 489. So, yeah, I think he'll be all right uh, eventually. James, anything else on your mind on this Wednesday? Always appreciate your insight, but anything else? No, man. Um, just excited to continue following our, our main event team. We need, you know, what we need is we need Patrick Sandoval to go get a win against the, the Giants. Yes, so. please, Patrick. We desperately need some wins. Uh, not necessarily in our league, but I, I just I think we're sitting on like twelve or thirteen. It just seems like so hard to come by right now. The wins and yeah. and we need to really cross our fingers that uh, Cal Quantrill doesn't doesn't really get dominated by the Astros. <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty pretty ugly. Hopefully, they just bring up Gore. Quite honestly, yeah, yeah, no, save I would, us. I'd be fine. I'd be fine emerging from this Quantrill start with just that one out and that one save. <laughs> Same. Any thoughts on a new hip hop topic? By the way, uh, I haven't really been listening to much lately. I, I set up. I got a whole stand for my CD collection. Yes, I still have my CDs, and I, I just haven't been listening to much new. Maybe I should start bringing in some random CD, um, just knocking it off my shelf into my bag and not looking at it until uh, we get on the show, and then we could talk about that whatever CD I was, that happened. To yeah, I mean, I was mind. almost thinking like we could do kind of like a um, like a, an album stories segment or something where we each pick an album each week and like talk about like when we first listened to it and like the, the memories it brings back and like the tracks that we really like on it or something like that. Yeah, that should be good. If you have any recommendations as far as that goes, please let us know on Twitter at clay W link. James is at real J R Anderson. Uh, We'll settle on something soon because that's always 
you know, I, I, when we see people at first pitch, I'm always blown away by how many people like that segment of the show. Uh, I feel figure most people just turn it off when we get to the hip hop, but it seems like we, you know, we're, it's we're a vocal uh, mi- it's a vocal minority. Yeah, and we're definitely not experts in that field, but we still like the music, and we'll definitely be talking about that in the near future. Thank you all for joining us. Hope you have a good week. Best of luck in your fantasy leagues. Catch you next week on the Rotowire Prospect Podcast. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.